a big water polo guy. I played water polo uh, in high school and I played at Auburn. And mm-hmm. um, so, and I've coached for a long time. I love being a coach and, and being able to use water polo to, you know, be a mentor and, and, and uh, you know, be, um, you know, a, a somebody who can uh, help kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tony Azevedo is a guy who, I, this ball, actually, I got this ball autographed. When I was, uh, first time I ever came to LA, I went to watch USA play a friendly um, mm-hmm. against some other country. And so this ball is signed by Tony and uh, Wolf Weigo, who was the um, uh, team captain for, for quite a few Olympics. Tony was team captain. He went to five Olympics. And Ryan Bailey was uh, our center, uh, our, our whole set, which is like our center in basketball. So I see what I'm that. talking about. That's like personalized to you in that sense. It was like, this is the sport I love. This is the ball from it. These yeah. are my favorites. They all signed it for me. So Ryan was my favorite player to watch because he played the same position as me. Right. And mm-hmm. then Wolf was like the guy who uh, was the, the older statesman and the, the, the captain, whatever. And Tony was a young guy back then uh, who went on to win um, or, or go to five Olympics, which is a lot for uh, such a, a demanding sport. Yeah, that's 20 years. Tony, when he was in college at Stanford, he won the um, the water polo version of the Heisman. He won it all four years while he was in college. Uh, they nicknamed him the savior. He helped the U.S. win um, a silver medal. They made a gold medal game and they, they ended up losing in the gold medal game, but they won a silver. And so, um, you know, USA, typically a men's water polo, Croatia, Hungary, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those those teams, Serbia, those teams are the the um, the. Uh, elite team. So the fact the USA got up there, um, you know, it was really impressive. So anyways, Tony's basically become like the most famous dude in our sport. He's the Michael Jordan of USA water polo. So yeah. I've met him a few times. Uh, that was the first time I met him, but I met him a, a few other times over the years at like coaching clinics and stuff. And so uh, when he retired after the last Olympics and he started leaning more into like coaching clinics and, and getting into like, um, some multimedia stuff with uh, coming up with uh, some systems to track stats for high school kids or whatever, really trying to help the sport. I told him one time, man, you need to have a podcast, bro. Like you need to, you know, lean into the entertainment side. Uh, I'm sure you're going to end up uh, being an announcer at the Olympics, which he is. Uh, he's yeah. going to be the color commentary guy for the Olympics this summer for water polo. Um, so he was like, that's a good idea, man. He's like, but I, I don't really know how to do it. I don't really have time, you know? And I'm like, all right, man, well, if you ever need help, let me know. And when the pandemic hit, the first thing I did week one of the pandemic was I texted Tony and I go, hey, man, you ready to podcast? He's like, I got some time, you know. So we, yes. we, we started a podcast and he asked me to be his co-host. So now I get to co-host this water polo podcast with, you know, Tony Azevedo. And it's like um, such a cool opportunity for me to use my like comedy, yeah. my comedy experience to to to. Uh, you know, help in, in something else that I'm passionate about in, in sports, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's incredible. That's absolutely the most incredible part about all of comedies. It seems like if you really say what your passions are and put it out there, they hear you and they come back. Like, we don't realize what our comedy does to the whole universe to where we can call and respond that kind of thing. But absolutely, yeah. you're the perfect person to co-host that with and you can carry it because of the comic skills. And then he needs that person to be able to translate it what a perfect marriage. Yeah. And, and I, I really like, um, like, you know, like I, I, I was a good player and I yeah. was, you know, I was a, a, a high level player for whatever level I played, 
but I didn't mm-hmm. have the opportunities or start playing it enough to really see like how high of a level I could have got to. So I think if it was him and another dude that played at that level, they would talk over people's heads a lot. So I'm able, I think, to dumb it down to the more average listener who's just, you know, a high school kid that plays in Chicago or something, you know, yeah. um, it kind of be, well, the I think lane, you're underplaying the, the strength of your comedic muscle. Oh, I definitely hold. Yeah. yeah no, I'm trying to pump you up with this where you can yeah. hold the conversation that those people can't. So oh, I, like, I totally I to, take that compliment. I, I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like to drop Jeff again, but he's able to co-host now with Russell Wilson for his podcast. Exactly, I know, bro. I, I, I was so the like, guy that brought his Super Bowl to fruition is now that thing for him, and it is noticeable as a fan when listening. No one has made me say this. This is all per- Aaron's personal opinion. No opinion of any other thing. It feels when like Jeff's got a, talking. It, feel, it feels like Jeff's got some uh, blackmail pointed at you behind the screen, <laughs> or a gun pointed at you. Like, like it's been two minutes since you complimented me. No, no, not that. As much as I just don't want to upset any of the Russell people is that when the two athletes are talking, you're like, yeah, but I need something to carry the conversation into fun, too. I want to hear them talk. But when they get into their groove together, it bores me. See, that's my favorite role to play. You're absolutely right. I love when we have a guest on where Mm -hmm. Tony has some sort of um, relationship with them. So the two of them are just having these natural conversations, like, you know, about polo and about when they play together, they travel together, and they're telling stories. And so I get to sit back and just let them have that, like, you know, very mm-hmm. organic conversation. But I get to just roll it and drop a joke and then come back out and listen. Roll yeah, exactly. in, drop a joke, and then pop back out, you know? Yeah, and to segue it, you're seasoning the meat is what you're doing. You know, like, they have the meat, like and you're just either. seasoning it with all the things that w- make us with the mouth-watering, you know, the sweet, the savory, all those things. That's what you do to it. You bring speaking, the sweet into it of speaking, meat. All right, speaking of passions and the meat, yes, very yeah. nice segue. So, but that's what's been really cool about leaning into this barbecue thing, man, is that I, I kind of, I didn't intentionally do it. Like, it's not a, um, it's not a shtick. It's not a, uh, an angle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just something I legitimately became. And it's not something I grew up being passionate about. It's something that I became yeah. passionate about doing uh, in, in recent, you know, memory. And, and people saw it evolve on social media, you know? So, yeah, I feel so like I've been following you on social media for like five years. Yeah. And then about two and a half years ago, it's like your stories became like borderline pornographic <laughs> with just like the barbecue, you know, like, like before anyone's like not was blocking you for being pornographic. <laughs> it's just like you open up the barbecue and you're like, look at the brisket I made. Now I'm going to cut it. And like, I know me and 200 other men, at least maybe a <laughs> couple thousand are just like, Go ahead, cut it slowly. Let's Ooh, see how yeah, juicy yeah. this gets. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's it's been so fun. And, and what some other comics told me recently, and I really took as a compliment, and it really made sense to me when when someone else broke it down for me, was they mm-hmm. go, "Dave, we like your Instagram because it's authentic." They're like, "You, yeah. obviously love this world," and for people who aren't like as gung ho in it as a hobby as I am. They're like, Mm -hmm. the only exposure we get to that world is watching you live in this world. And they're like, and it's a world we love to visit. So Mm -hmm. so they're they're like, you know, it's, it's really fun to watch it. It's authentic. Whereas I feel like so many comics, you know, we all do this even unintentionally. We try to come up with uh, you know, branding 
and, and, mm-hmm. and the and the branding is is just forced. Even even if the branding is just hey, I tell funny jokes. Uh, you know, our, our Instagram becomes cluttered with with flyers and you know mm-hmm. uh, pictures of us on the road. And it's like you know, for me now, it's like it's it's all about the barbecue because that's where I'm connecting with people. And it's such a fun connection point, man, with uh, fans on Instagram messaging me and being like, hey man, I'm gonna buy my first smoker. What do you think of this brand? And hey man, mm-hmm. I, I I messed up my first brisket, and I'm like. You know, I, I love being kind of like a coach to them where I'm like, For sure. And, and I don't, br- I don't brand myself as an expert, even though some people think that I am, I, 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 I consider myself an enthusiast in the barbecue world. And mm-hmm. I love being a coach in the set, not where I tell them what's, what to do right or wrong. I mean, I try, but more that I try to motivate them, you know, like, Hey man, it didn't come out as good as you want, but you could still chop it up and make an awesome sandwich out of it. Or, Hey, try this a little different next time. Or, Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about trial and error. Like that's the only, the only way to learn, man. And that's how I got into it. So heavy is when I told my wife, like, I'm going to learn how to smoke meat. Like I, I like got, I just made a decision one day. I got mad at the, the, the options in LA. Now there's really good barbecue options in LA back then there wasn't. So I told Christy, I, I go, man, screw this. I'm teaching myself how to smoke meat. And I literally would just, like cook in my front yard. Um, I had a little, uh, a little like shitty one I bought and it was just on my, uh, mm-hmm. my front porch. And, and uh, I'd cook three or four times a week. And my wife's like, we can't eat barbecue this many times. And I'm like, I'll give it to the neighbors. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm practicing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the first time, like, cause I saw you doing it at home. And then all of a sudden you went on the road with Bert and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'll have some Burt pose for a while, but it won't be the meat. And it was like, you took the meat with you with the Burt. And I'm like, are you trying to give him gout? The poor man. Have... It's, it's coming one day. Yeah. No, I'm like, for... how many times do you guys get the meat sweat? I can guess what that <laughs> bus smells like. Uh, it's pretty ripe <laughs> at times, but, but the, but the meat's not the only culprit. I mean, it's the meat, it's the beer, it's the, you know, crazy late night concoctions. One time Bert just gave one of the guys uh two, like he was going to go pick up. It's like, Hey man, I'm really hungry. There's a McDonald's like two blocks away. I'm going to borrow the rental van and just grab a, you know, it's just a quick snack. Yeah. Bert grabs 200 bucks and gives it to him. He goes, Hand this to them and tell them to give us $200 worth of food and we'll see what you come back with. And so the guys came back with two, like just two sacks of, so, so then you know, the more, more we're drinking, the more yeah. we're like, oh, so I pull out a cast iron skillet and a burner and some of the other leftovers. We start dicing stuff up. We're like making our own McDonald's. We're like mixing and matching stuff. We're, we're making <laughs> We're making nugget salads and I mean, we were having a blast just ruinous. And then like three days later, we, we were feeling, still feeling the repercussions. I'm like, I still don't feel good. Everyone's like, yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. You guys really put a rip through your body. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I drank two whiskey milkshakes that night. I was, uh. I took one of the milkshakes <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna put whiskey in it. And I was like, that was really good. And then I, I had a second one the next day. I'm like, I shouldn't have had the second one. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I remember my first, I was like, I don't mix those things. And I was like, ah, eggnog is kind of a mix of those things. <laughs> That's what I said. So, yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, I had a question on a podcast that I just released. Jessica Michelle Singleton and I talked about performing for cars. Oh yeah. And I was like, Dave actually has the answer to this. Cause we're like, how does somebody get used to performing for cars? But you did all those shows in the drive through Talk to me about the first time you did it versus the last time you did it and the prep or like the difference in mentality of it. 
Uh, so the first time was definitely uh, nerve wracking. Um, yeah. So, so Bert came up with the idea uh, to do the drive-in movie theaters during the pandemic. And uh, he called us up and is like, are you guys in? And I'm like, yeah, definitely in. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the plan was the very first show that we did was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we left in the tour bus here <laughs> in LA. Mm-hmm. So we, we did like two or three. one. Yeah. That just hit me. That's like, that's a lot of days of just driving there. Yeah. So we did we did two or three one nighters at uh, comedy clubs that were open mm-hmm. at the time because um, some of them were just kind of starting to reopen and it was before that first surge or whatever. So so we, we did we did we did a one nighter and it, we hadn't performed in months at that point. Right. Yeah. So so we did a one or two ni- one nighter. So we at least got a little bit of the rust knocked off. But mm-hmm. then you're still nervous going up to do the, the drive in for the first time. And luckily that Charlotte spot was a really good one to do for the first time. Cause it's set up really nicely. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of on the side of a mountain. So it's a little bit tiered. Oh, beautiful. Um, so, so it's a little bit like stadium seating. So, so you can get, you could hear the, the, so it's the like red rocks back. The cars. Yeah, basically. So, um, so that was a good, that was a very friendly uh, uh, drive in to, to do the first one. And it went great. People, we're so grateful just to have something to go out to that. I think that made a big difference. And some of the, some of the shows were definitely harder than others. Uh, Cause you know, some towns had different rules about whether they were allowed in or out of their car. Uh, so then we figured out, you have to make sure that every place just in case uh, put vans and, and pickup trucks up front. So that way, if they're not allowed out of their cars, they can at least mm. be outside their cars, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we told them not to honk, wait till the end to honk, because that's too distracting. So now you're, you're base. it's like doing a bad bar show where you just pick like, <laughs> you pick one person uh, that you can hear them laugh and you do all yeah. your time, all your timing off that one person. And then mm. when, when the other guys were on stage, if you go walk around the back rows, everyone's laughing and having a blast. It's just not all getting to you, you know? Yeah. So, so if you can hear one or two people to kind of time off of and know that you are getting laughs, then you can kind of relax and not be like, Oh, I'm bombing, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, Oh, just turn your screen out there. So then, um, uh, the, there, there were some shows that I think were more challenging. Either the front row was further away or there was a highway near. So it was loud or it was, you know, seven o'clock on a Wednesday, whatever the, the situation was, but I'll tell you, man, any one of them, even the worst one that we did, if you didn't feel like you were doing well halfway through your set, if you just stopped and went, man, it feels so good to be here. Everyone was like, you're doing great. Woo! You know, <laughs> just like, like no one ever, yeah. like no one, there was not a single person at any of these shows that like heckled or was like, this guy sucks. Everyone was just happy to be there and appreciative that you were trying to do yeah. something to give them. A, and plus Burt's fans are the perfect for that situation. They're just, yeah happy to like be tailgating and we'd get in the golf cart after we couldn't do meet and greets. Obviously we had to take the protocol very seriously, not just Mm -hmm. because, you know, we cared about our health, but because, you know, we didn't want to be the ones trailblazing this and then getting sick. And then instead of it being like, Oh, you guys have proven a way that we could go back to work. It would be like, Oh, you guys just screwed it up for everybody. You know? Yeah, for sure. So we took the protocols very seriously, but that, that kills Bert because he loves to like, you know, take pictures with the fans and, and make them feel special. So oh, for sure. We, He's Mr. Meet and greet. Yeah. So we'd get in a golf cart 
and I'd always drive and he'd hop up on the back and we'd go, we'd wait for them to start to clear out where they thought it was over. And now they're all in line mm-hmm. waiting. And so that way it was safer for us to, to pull. And then we'd come, we'd each have a beer in hand, become uh, like a bat out of hell from the, <laughs> from the backstage area. And we'd start running up and down the, I'd have a beer in the golf cart and we'd start going up and down the rows of the cars and they'd all yeah. be cheering us as we went by and Burpee waving and, it was the best, dude. That's so, a great substitute for that. That's yeah, yeah. that's what a moment. Yeah, it, that's it really was really great. It was more fun than the traditional meet and greets back when we were doing theaters because then everyone's got their phone out and they're cheering mm-hmm. as we'd go ripping by. Um, so it, it was a blessing, man, to get out and go do that and to um to be able to do my thing and barbecue along the way was just a bonus, you know, with my rec tech travel smoker. Um, for sure. That sounds awesome. And then it's it's just it's fun because, you know, as people are in line waiting to get into the venues and I'm out there by the tour bus uh-huh. uh, checking on my ribs, people are screaming, what are you cooking today, Dave? And I'm like, beef <laughs> ribs. And they're like, all right, we're going to follow along. Make sure you post something so we can see how it comes out. I'm like, I got you, bro. Like, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how much your meats touched everybody. <laughs> but to answer Is it your all question, these other fans. Yeah, to answer your question too, though, uh, compared to the the last show i mean obviously it definitely got easier we figured it Mm -hmm. out you know um yeah but it it, it'll be interesting to see if it sticks around i think outdoor comedy will maybe not drive in as much but um i think i think outdoor comedy is here to stay yeah i'm curious to see on the other side of this pandemic now that we're it feels like we're starting to see the light on the other side a lot of this i think will stay and people will try to just take in comedy in more ways. We will just only open doors. I mean, look, this tour I'm going to do is a prime example. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for the past year. But now I'm mm-hmm. just like, yo, the, the venue's not as important. I'm like, venues can bring value in other ways than what we thought they had to before. Before we thought they had to have low ceilings, um, you know, crowded rooms, and you know, uh, well lit stages, all that shit. Now we just we look we realized we can make it happen on zoom and it could be fun. Mm-hmm. Right. So why can't yeah. we make it happen in barbecue restaurants and uh, so a million what, percent and you're I'm, perfect for that. Yeah. That's what I'm doing, man. I'm going across country for two months. Um, it, I'm doing a mini version of what I've learned touring with Bert, which is I got a travel trailer. I'm getting it wrapped. Uh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing uh, a couple of friends with me uh, to shoot the whole thing um, and, and put up content. I'm um, going to raffle off a smoker and some prizes as I go. Um, Sounds awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm where can people cook. check out the dates? So my website's DaveWilliamsonComedy.com. I got uh, about eight dates up there now and I'm adding a bunch more. Um, I'm literally going from LA to uh, basically New York and back. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's um, so cool. Oh, wait, And you said you're also releasing a rub. I have a rub that's uh you could pre-order it on my site now and they just shipped it to me today so I should have it in the next couple of days. So it's it's an all oh. pur- it's an all-purpose seasoning and I mean I never thought I would put out my own rub because like I said I'm very humble in the barbecue world like mm-hmm. it's like uh I I I don't want anyone to think I'm being pompous and be like, "Oh, I I make my own rub." But so many people ask me to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's the number one question I get where people are like, "Hey man, what's your rub?" and like they'd rather just buy mine than go out and mix their own, you know? So finally I'm like, well, screw it. I mean, I'm, I make my own for myself all the time. And then when I have it, like the, the guys will tell you on the tour bus, I, I feel it. Sh- I make my own up and it's a little different every time I kind of mad scientist it together mm-hmm. with things I know I like. So then I have my, my rub, which is mostly salt and pepper, to be honest. Um, 
I, I use that for everything. I use it for the barbecue. I use it for my salad. Anything I would put salt and pepper on my eggs. Mm-hmm. I, use, I use that same bottle, you know, because there's no reason to bring 20 bottles on the road with you. You know, this one thing for we'll sure. all done. No, um, I think that's awesome. And I think that's perfect. And I don't think that it's egotistical to do this kind of thing. Because in my mind, I saw there was a barbecue show that came out on Netflix during the pandemic that I watched. Uh, the, and my oh, whole yeah, time, the showdown, I was the showdown one. It. Yeah, the whole time watching it, I'm like, just give the show to Dave Williamson. <laughs> just do it. Because like we have these great grill masters, but yeah. much like you and the water polo podcast, we need that muscle to carry the show through with the grill masters. And it seems like it's so obvious. It's like you should host a barbecue show with the uh, greatest grill masters and you be your normal, authentic self, just enjoying and being enthusiastic and cooking the meat and everything yeah. else. Because people also it's an extension of their love for you and your personality is also like they're seeing what you love to cook and they everyone loves to eat. And so they're like, yeah, I want to experience the whole thing. Well, God willing, man, I hope, I hope you're right. Like everyone tells me that all the time. I, I know a bunch of people on that show. I just talked to my buddy Rashid today, actually, who came in second on that show. And uh, nice. the lady who won it, Tina, she's awesome too. Mm-hmm. She's been on my podcast and she's going to, uh, I'm going to try to do a, a charity show with her as I go on oh, this nice. tour. They all so, seem super nice. Like oh. I really liked all of it. I go to Bledsoe's out here because yeah, I'm in yeah. Hollywood. And so like, I was happy to see that the place, like my restaurant for barbecue was also represented. Exactly. He seems like a cool guy. Um, so uh, yeah, the barbecue community is awesome, man. It's like the comedy community. Like, like, yeah, there's, there's some dicks here and there, but for the most part, everyone's pretty cool. And it's funny. It's a lot like the comedy community too, where there's like, some inevitable like competition and jealousy between one person mm-hmm. and the next, but overall everyone's pretty happy for each other and tries to lift everybody up. You know, they're proud of each other when somebody gets an opportunity, you know, um, of course, but yeah, I, everyone always asks me like, Oh, why don't you should be a contestant on that show. You should be, and I'm, I'm always like, I'm honored, but I go, honestly, I want to host that show. Like I want to be the one who's lifting those pit masters up. And, and, and that's kind of what my podcast is about too. meet Dave is it's just mm-hmm. a de- it's a deep dive with me and somebody else about barbecue usually pitmasters but not always um and it's it doesn't always necessarily it's more about the people than it is about the food itself but we inev- inevitably mm-hmm. talk about both you know no and I, that's why i think you need to be the host of that show is because it's when the pitmasters are out there working and doing the thing where you can bring in the conversation you know and an arc with the three four judges and yeah. the individuals as you go and do them you know, like I it agree, needs, bro. It needs a strong pillar. And I, of course, think you should be the pillar. Yeah. Um, Can't wait to you on a network, bro. Oh, dude. As soon as I do, you're the third show. <laughs> nice. And then the first and, and then me and me and Dan Marino are going to host uh, mm-hmm. a, a show uh, uh, with Jeff and Russell. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You guys go against each other and I'll have like, you know, Bo knows Dave do just a talk show between you and Bo every week. I never realized you were my best friend, bro. Williamson for years but I've never had a long conversation with him and so when I started this podcast I was like all right it's gonna be fun it's gonna be good I hope we can keep the momentum I could have talked to him for three more hours it was like 
shit, I just became good friends with this guy, I think. You know, like, it's great, you know, like, and we uh, we did it on draft day. I ended that part. We talked a lot about the NFL draft at the top. You know, so he actually was a little bit late because he waited for the Miami Dolphins to pick their, th- their thing. Like, we chose 7 o'clock, and at 7 o'clock, it was the Miami Dolphins' turn to pick for the draft. And he's, so he sent me, like, a message just like, yeah, 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 I'm going to wait and see who they pick. And then I talk about how I'm not excited for who the Bears are going to pick. And then at the end of the podcast, he's like, you got to see who the Bears picked. You know, like, until we ended up uh, talking for a bit even after this. We had a great talk after all of this. And so it was like, it was just cool. It was like, it was a great conversation. I don't know how to compliment him enough in this. Like, how effortless and fun and cool and laid back. And how you guys should go check out more on Dave. So his Instagram is Dave W Comedy. His website is DaveWilliamsComedy.com. He mentioned he's the co-host of the Tony Isvela. Oh, I messed it up. Oh, I'm keeping it in. But Tony, I'm going to spell his name A-Z-E-V-E-D-O. Asvizito. I still feel like I said that wrong. The Tony Asvizito podcast with Dave as the co-host. Or his own podcast. Meet Dave podcast, M E A T, Meet Dave. I really that sounds that's such a good name for a TV show. First off, but I also really hope that that podcast, once like the pandemic's over and people can come over again, that he feeds you. If he fed me, oh my god, Jesus! I would show up for that podcast when I'm not even booked. It would be a problem. But yeah, no, Dave Williams. What a fun time! Good guest. Go. Check out his rub, eat his meat, go check out his Instagram. It's a really fun Instagram. And he's got, you know, just, um, I don't know if we mentioned Burt Kreischer's name fully, but that's the Burt we're talking about. And uh, I don't know, like he mentioned Tom, I think. And uh, so that would be Tom Segura, all of that stuff. They're on his Instagram. If you like those guys, check out his Instagram. They're on it. In fact, you may already follow him because of all those things. And if you just like, Good old meats. Check them out. I can't say enough good things about Dave. And I'm excited for the next time I get to actually hang out and talk to him and all those things. I'm now fully vexed, Dave. We can hang out and eat meats. Um, Next week's episode, very fun, is Rachel D. Rachel D is a stand-up comic who I started seeing around the open mic scene like three years ago. And she already felt like seasoned and she was funny and she was already friends with everybody. So I was like, I missed something here. And she's a sweetheart. And so I bring her on and we talk about uh, those exact things. You know, I'm like, hey, you're a sweetheart. What's the deal? What does that even mean? You know, so check that out next week. Rachel D. If you want to look her up early, it's D-E-E, not just the letter D. And yeah, that's it for this. I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm actually now at the point where I'm curious as to when I do these face-to-face again. You know, like I'm not thinking about like, oh, should we start doing this on camera? And I'm going to have people in front of me again. I uh, I went to an open mic and was scared. And now I'm and now I'm like, no, no, let's, let's actually go back and introduce yourself to people. It feels like I'm entering cold water, but I'm also excited for it. You guys will find out all about that stuff later. You know, like as I put up actual videos of me in the same room with people i will definitely promote it here or you guys will be watching those so who who knows it's all very exciting so i think that's about it for the updates on me 
And you know about the show? I think that means it's now the end of the show, guys. Now it's time I say goodbye. Um, so, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me, I gotta be me